This is Chuck Cecil. Good to be with you. Good to be sharing the good memories of yesteryear, that yesteryear called the swinging years. With Jenny Powell singing the words and Jerry Wall, the leader of the band, playing clarinet, Silver Wings in the Moonlight was recorded April 1944. Jerry Wall, his record seldom heard since the swinging years. While walking down the street, I chanced to meet a friend of mine who leads a band. Who doesn't nowadays? Quiet. 
He looked a bit perplexed. In fact, I'd say completely vexed. And when I tell you what was wrong, you'll understand. I said, my friend, you're looking rather on the worried side. He heaved a heavy sigh and then replied, I'm looking for a guy who plays alto and baritone and doubles on a clarinet and wears a size 37 suit. Of course, we'd expect him to do some arranging and perhaps a bit of copying and play some oboe and some flute. He may sing the vocals just in case we get stuck. Oh yes, and he's the guy who shines the shoes and drives the truck. I'm looking for a guy who plays alto and baritone and doubles on a clarinet and wears a size 37 suit. day of March 1940 when Ozzie Nelson's band, with the leader and Roseanne Stevens singing the words, made that record of I'm looking for a guy who plays alto and baritone and doubles on a clarinet and wears a size 37 suit. One of the longer title tunes of the swing in years. This is Chuck Cecil for the next quarter of an hour in the Hall of Fame with the music and the memories of the Pied Pipers, part of that group formed in Southern California with John Huddleston. In junior college in 32 in Long Beach JC, I heard different groups and, and I liked it and I thought that would be fun. So I got three fellows from the Glee Club and myself and, and started rehearsing them. We got a job at, on KHJ, which at that time was a Don Lee station on the Coast Network. We got a job there, and uh, that's where I met Joe and heard her, her. She was with the Stafford Sisters, a girls' trio, and they, they were good. And Joe, I thought, was the greatest singer I'd ever heard. And then the Rhythm Kings who were working on the hit parade in New York with Kay Thompson. It was Kay Thompson and the Rhythm Kings. They came back to the coast, and the, 
we, they were at KSJ too, and we thought it'd be a good idea to combine the two groups, their three and my four. And then, having heard Joe and liking her so much, I thought she would be quite an asset also. So that formed the octet, and that was Chuck Lowry and Bud Hervey and George Tate, Whitting Hill, myself, and Joe, and Woody Newberry. Those were the eight. The Whitting Hill referred to was Los Angeles disc jockey Dick Whitting Hill, who remembers a pair of Tommy Dorsey arrangers uh, discovering the group. Axel Stordahl and um, Paul Weston, who arranged for Tommy Dorsey, heard us and said, I think it'd be a great idea for you to, for Tommy to hear you. Well, negotiations went on. Here we are in California. And finally decided that uh, we would be given a chance if we wanted to come to New York and take a chance on a one-night stand. Now, that's pretty... If I were to be offered that today, I'd have said, no way. But we're all young. We sat around and decided, shall we do it? Somebody sent out for a jug of wine. <laughs> By the time that the gallon jug was done, we said, yay, let's go. So we got in two cars, can you believe this, and traveled all the way to New York for a one-night audition stand on the Cool and Raleigh show. And we... Everything worked out, so we stayed for a year, but I dread thinking what would have happened if we'd blown that one night. But a year later, the Pied Pipers were out of work. Tommy Dorsey broke up his band, so the Pied Pipers split up, many of them returning to Southern California, but Whitting Hill returned to his home in Montana to take up work as a radio announcer. Then when Tommy Dorsey uh, organized a new band with strings and Sinatra, he wired out here to California, okay, I want the Pied Pipers. Well, there are only four of them left. So uh, four of them went back. Meanwhile, I went on and uh, I stayed in radio. My timing was real good. I quit them just before they they did. The I'll never smile again. I love that beautiful timing. recording of I'll Never Smile Again was made the 26th day of February 1940. Tommy Dorsey playing trombone with the big band, his new band vocalist Frank Sinatra, and the Pied Pipers. 
The group heard here Billy Wilson, Chuck Lowry, John Huddleston, and Joe Stafford. We made it once, and um, Tommy wasn't satisfied with it. He wanted a much more relaxed sound. And uh, so then the next time we came into town, uh, we tried it again, and he said, I just want you to... He said, maybe, maybe you should record it sitting down. I want, he said, I want you to be so relaxed like you're just around a piano faking it and really a relaxed sound. And so we did it the second time, and that pleased him. That's, that was the one he liked. Right after that record was made, Clark Yoakum, guitarist for Tommy Dorsey, would replace Billy Wilson in the group. And a short time later, the Pied Pipers were be out on their own, finding success with such recordings as the Trolley Song. That was with uh, Joe Stafford before she decided to go as a single. That was the original old group, the one that had left Tommy. In other words, it was Joe and John Huddleston, Chuck Lowry, and myself. Those are the four voices on Trolley Song. Song. That was a big hit for the Pied Pipers in 1944, but it didn't compare to the tune they would record the following year. A tune titled Dream Remembers Clark Yoakum. We were doing the uh, Johnny Mercer music, music uh, shop on radio, and uh, when it started, John needed a, a closing theme song, so he wrote a... Uh, a few bars of tune just to use as a theme. Uh, actually, it was only 16 bars. And uh, the kids, I mean, uh, kept in, insisting to us, I mean, that we should 
It was just the group that sang it. And the kids used to come to us and say, why don't you record this song? So I went to Johnny and said, why don't you finish this song, write another 16 bars, and the band club and the kids, I mean, insist they want to buy it. So he did. Pipers with Paul Weston's orchestra and Eddie Miller tenor saxophone solo and they had one of the biggest hits of all time a beautiful ballad called Dream that had been written by Johnny Mercer and the following year they would be reunited with Joe Stafford plus Johnny Mercer on another hit performance remembers Clark Yoakum that was all six voices the four Pipers with Johnny plus Joe plus John. The only record I think that we all did together, Six Voices. I was always very proud of that record. I liked that song immensely. I think everyone did. It was number two on the charts, probably would have been number one if, a, if they hadn't recorded on the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe right after it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my preference always leaned toward the ballads for some reason. I always thought that way, appreciated ballads more than uptunes. Maybe that's why I like Candy so much. Yeah. An up-tempo one with Mercer again, but on the charts that actually became number one also was Personality. Yes. Yeah, good song. Junie was her, her great self on that record. Her personality really showed through, I'd say. Well, and never sit on the boss's settee Unless she's got a perfect personality A 
girl can get somewhere in spite of stringy hair or even just a bit bored at the knees. If she can show a faultless personality. Why a certain girl's offered certain things like sable coats and wedding rings by men who wear their spats right. Just tell me how you like my rough personality. Baby, you've got the cutest personality. The Pied Pipers, now featuring the voice of June Hutton, recorded Personality with Johnny Mercer in the year of 1946. By the 1950s, the last remaining link with the original Pied Piper group was Clark Yoakum. The last uh, album that we did in 1959. Maybe you don't have this record, I don't know. Singing and Swinging. I don't have it, but I can sure try to get a copy, yeah. Jerry Gray did the band. You remember Jerry Gray? Sure, yeah, sure. Uh, and we did it for Warner Brothers. Now that was still a different group. That's before this package thing that we went out on. And uh, and that was, we had Sue Allen singing lead and uh, uh, Lee Gotch, Alan Davies sang third, and myself. And Ralph Bruce Brewster was added as a fifth voice. In 1959, the Pied Pipers, singing with Jerry Gray and his orchestra in a Jerry Gray composition, re-stringing the pearls, bringing down the Hall of Fame curtain on one of the most famous singing groups of all time, the Pied Pipers, who had their start and dominated so much of America's music during the swinging years.
With the composer Juan Tizal featured on trombone, Duke Ellington's famous orchestra made that record of Caravan the 14th day of May, 1937. This is Chuck Cecil wishing you the best today with the best of yesterday. Those original big band recordings of The Swingin' Years. The Swingin' Years on the air with a big band countdown. Here are the ten most popular records on the day the war ended in Europe. These are the top ten records for this day in the year of 1945. We'll begin with record number ten on the popularity charts this day in the swinging years.
The Freddie Martin Orchestra, his singing saxophone, his recording of Laura, record number 10 on this day, 1945. And this is Chuck Cecil counting down the popularity charts. Counting down now to record number nine. Baby, she's big feet, she's long, lean, lank, had nothing to eat, but she's my baby lover just the same. Crazy about that woman, cause Caldonia's her name. Caldonia, Caldonia, what makes you big head so hard? I love you just the same. Crazy about you, baby, cause Caldonia's your name. Caldonia, Caldonia, what makes you big head so hard? had been born on a February day in 45, and from their first recording session, Caledonia in number nine position. Woody Herman singing the words, Flip Phillips on tenor, Bill Harris trombone, Ralph Burns the pianist, Chubby Jackson on bass. Number nine recording on this day, 1945, of the Swingin' Years. This day, 1945. In bookstores, you could find John Hershey's new book, A Bell for Adano. In record stores, you could find Gene Krupa's new recording. (laughs) ¶¶ 
An extra, a month-old recording by the Gene Krupa Jazz Trio, the leader on drums, Teddy Napoleon pianist, Charlie Ventura starring on tenor saxophone, body and soul. So much for what was new. Back on the charts this day in 45, this was record number eight. You don't say. <laughs> you don't say. You don't say. <laughs> Who was it? He didn't say. No reply. Nightshade's fallen. Hear him sigh. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you, you old bat? Empty spaces 
and meet his eyes. Empty arms outstretched. He's a Korean through a black of night. I gotta go where you are. Whether it's here or whether it's there, I wanna be there wherever you are. If it's wrong or right, I gotta go where you Hello, are. Hello, Chloe. What are you knowing? I just got back from a vaudeville showing. I roam through the dismal swampland, searching for you. Record number eight on this day in 45, Spike Jones and his city slickers, Red Engel, the star vocalist to the tune of Chloe. Record number eight in the Big Band Countdown edition of The Swingin' Years. That you can never quit. 
The Woody Herman Orchestra, the leader singing the words to Laura, record number seven, and this was number six.
the Pied Pipers with Paul Weston's orchestra. Dream, that record number six on this day, 1945, of the swinging years. This day, 1945, Harry S. Truman had been president for only a month following the death of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. In the world of music, right at the beginning of our survey, Benny Goodman's sextet went into recording session. On May 7th, produced this recording. Benny Goodman's sextet recorded Rachel's Dream at the beginning of this survey, May 7, 1945. They probably didn't know that while that record was being made in New York City, World War II was ending in Europe that night. The world didn't know until the next day, May the 8th. Yesterday morning at 2.41 a.m. at General Eisenhower's headquarters, General Jodl signed the act of unconditional surrender of all German land, sea, and air forces in Europe to the Allied Expeditionary Force and simultaneously to the Soviet High Command. The German war is therefore at an end. But let us not forget for a moment the toils and efforts that lie ahead. Japan, with all her treachery and greed, remains unsubdued. Advance Britannia. Long live the cause of freedom. God save the King. England Prime Minister Winston Churchill announced VE Day, May 8, 1945. That evening, American newsman Edward R. Murrow reported from a jubilant London. I can remember this place when it was completely empty and you could read a newspaper by the light of the flares dropped by German bombers. There was a time when our bomber boys said that you could walk on the flax when we were flying over the Ruhr, and tonight you could walk on the heads of people all the way across Piccadilly Circus. And it was on radio that President Truman announced to the United States the end of the war. I only wish that Franklin D. Roosevelt had lived to witness this day. General Eisenhower informs me that the forces of Germany have surrendered to the United Nations. The flags of freedom fly all over Europe. 
American President Harry S. Truman announced the surrender of Germany May 8, 1945. That night, the nationwide dim-out was lifted. The following night, May 9, midnight entertainment curfew was lifted, and a heavy weight was lifted from the hearts of those who closely followed World War II in Europe. On New York's Broadway, lights were brighter now. Carousel, starring John Rada's Billy Bigelow, had opened three weeks earlier at the Majestic Theater. I gotta get ready before she comes. I gotta make certain that she won't be dragged up in slums with a lot of bums like me. She's gotta be sheltered and fed and dressed in the best that money can buy. And that was John Raitt singing Siloquy from the musical Carousel at the Majestic Theater on this day, 1945. This is Chuck Cecil with the Big Band Countdown, the 10 most popular records on this day in 1945. The 10 most popular records the day the war ended in Europe. From vintage editions of music magazines, sheet music sales, jukebox selections, record sales, comes my survey of the top 10 records for this day in the swinging years. I'm sweet on candy And candy's sweet on me She understands me My understanding candy And candy's always
Johnny Mercer, Joe Stafford, and the Pied Pipers. Their recording of Candy, number five. And this was number four. the leader and the Norton sisters singing There I've Said It Again, the fourth most popular record on this day, 1945, of the swinging years. (laughs) 
This day, 1945, a great time for motion pictures. Ray Milland and Jane Wyman were starring in The Lost Weekend. Gary Cooper and Ingrid Bergman in Saratoga Trunk. There was A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, starring Dorothy McGuire, Joan Blondell, and James Dunn. Valley of Decision with Greer Garson and Gregory Peck. And in music, there were new sounds in the land, being created by Dizzy Gillespie and his all-star quintet, right as our survey was being made the 11th of May. Extra, made while our survey was underway. The 11th day of May, 1945. Dizzy Gillespie, his trumpet, Charlie Parker in his alto, and a tune called Shaw Enough. And this is Chuck Cecil with what was new and what was popular. On those popularity charts this day, 1945, this was record number three. Dreams are getting better all the time. 
a couple of nights ago And though it's a dream I never dreamed He'd ever say hello Oh, maybe tonight I'll hold him tight When the moonbeams shine My dreams are getting better all the time Les Brown's orchestra, band vocalist Doris Day singing, My Dreams Are Getting Better All the Time. Record number three in this big band countdown edition of The Swingin' Years. Tony Pastor, the leader, and Ruth McCullough singing the words to bell-bottom trousers, record number two. This day, 1945, while representatives of 50 countries were meeting in San Francisco trying to establish the United Nations, 
Duke Ellington was in New York, remaking a new record of his old composition. Featuring the leader on piano and Al Sears on tenor, Duke Ellington made a new performance of his old Mood Indigo on the 11th day of May, 1945, right in the middle of the survey for this big band countdown version of The Swingin' Years. And now, the most popular record on this day, 1945. Record number one, V.E. Day. Child in wild anticipation, 
long to hear that all aboard Again, it was the Les Brown Band and band vocalist Doris Day, this time in number one position with Sentimental Journey, record number one on the charts this day, 1945. This is Chuck Cecil, and this has been my survey of the ten most popular records on this day in 1945. The ten most popular records also on the day the war ended in Europe. We've counted down the records 10 through 1 as they appeared on the popularity charts. This has been the Big Band Countdown edition of The Swingin' Years. The Swingin' Years is on the air with its special feature, the Bandstand Jamboree. From ballrooms, theaters, and broadcast studios of the world, the Savoy Ballroom, the Chatterbox, the Sports Palace, from Mountainside, New Jersey to Moscow, Russia, big band memories are revitalized with this bandstand jamboree of the swinging years. The bandstand jamboree tunes in a 1937 radio broadcast by Count Basie from the Savoy Ballroom. And on the floor of the world-famous home of Happy Feet, they're swinging, playing, and rocking in rhythm. Ladies and gentlemen, the Count steps in.
kids to put on the mute and hear this currently popular tune called The Me and You That Used To Be. Baby in the orchestra, and here's another tune called uh, They Can't Take That Away From Me. 
Fabled Savoy Ballroom in New York City, the home of Happy Feet, the sight and sound of a 1937 Count Basie big band radio broadcast. The instrumental, the Count Steps In, Jimmy Rushing, the vocalist for the me and you that used to be, and an unannounced guest vocal appearance by Billie Holiday to the tune They Can't Take That Away From Me. And this is Chuck Cecil with the bandstand jamboree, a special edition of The Swingin' Years. <laughs> The tune of Cheery Beery Bin. The trumpet work of Harry James introduces a radio broadcast for our bandstand jamboree from the year of 1940. 
the Chatterbox on Route 29 at Mountainside, New Jersey. Dining and dancing spot open every day and every evening, with the officer playing for dancing every night. Dick Haynes sings, Maybe.
as done by Harry James. Dick Haynes to sing Too Romantic. <laughs>
The year was 1940, and big bands were all over the late-night radio dial, including the music makers of trumpet-playing Harry James. They were broadcasting from the Chatterbox Club in Mountainside, New Jersey. We heard Dick Hames singing Maybe, the instrumental concerto for trumpet, Dick Hames encoring with Too Romantic, that was Vito Musso featured on tenor saxophone, and then finally Feet Dragon Blues, and the Harry James theme song opening and closing that 1940 broadcast in the swinging years. This is Chuck Cecil with the bandstand jamboree that tunes in a 1941 radio broadcast from New York City by Glenn Miller and his orchestra. So you're the one, well, how do you do? Well, I'm the one who waited for you. I wondered how I'd know you. My heart said, leave it to me. And here you are, which goes to show you how smart a heart can be. So you're the one, well, what do you know? Say I'm the one who needed you so. I don't know where you came from, but I'm awfully glad you're here. Just like that, I love you, so you're the one, my dear.
1941, big bands were all over the nighttime radio dial, including Glenn Miller and his orchestra from New York City, broadcasting So You're the One, Everything I Love, Jack and Jill, Take the A-Train, vocals by the Modern Airs, Ray Eberly, Tex Beneke, Marion Hutton, Glenn Miller and his orchestra on radio in the swinging years. In 1962, Benny Goodman took a big band to Russia. While they were entertaining at the Sports Palace in Moscow, Goodman lifted out a small group, a quintet, himself on clarinet, Teddy Wilson piano, Turk Van Lake on guitar, Bill Crow bass, Mel Lewis on drums, to entertain the audience with a medley of small band Benny Goodman hit songs.
A medley of Avalon, Body and Soul, Rose Room, and the World is Waiting for the Sunrise, played by a Benny Goodman quintet at the Sports Palace, Moscow, Russia, in 1962. This is Chuck Cecil, and this has been the Bandstand Jamboree, a parade of big band performances from both sides of the Iron Curtain. The big bands on stage and on radio, during and then after the swinging years.